And we are back at it with the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour. Phone lines open, as you know, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That number is toll-free for you to call as well. Dave Vaughn from the firm covering tonight, going to be discussing all kinds of things, termination of employment, get your emails as well. If you want to check it out during the show, it is severancepaycalculator.com. That is a tool. been around for about four years. Almost 450,000 people have used that tool to find out exactly what the proper severance offers should be takes about 30 seconds to use it after that you can uh, disappear in the night like kaiser soze all anonymous or you can punch the uh, button at the bottom and contact lee or dave and the rest of the firm and uh, carry on from there dave pal we always start the uh, the show with the week that was how was it pal pretty good thanks uh we uh had two uh, interesting cases uh, to talk about today uh the first one is one of those rare situations actually where the severance offer uh, provided at the time of ter- termination was quite reasonable. Um, my client had f- about four years of service, 42 account manager role, mm-hmm. and was offered six months. And um, the, I mean, there was a few missing items. The RSP contributions and car allowance were included, right. um, but those were, were easily uh, added. Now, the issue here was in exchange for that six months, the company wanted this person to sign a 12-month non-compete uh. and it was a very broad non-compete it included all of ontario it included pretty well all any company this person would be able to get a job at so this offer be you know a six-month uh, offer for someone in those circumstances is actually very reasonable and it's probably what uh, the, the, a case should settle for but not with a 12-month non-compete and uh, this employee had no obligation to agree to a non-compete just to get their common law termination time right these entitlements existed uh, regardless of the non of a non compete, so they don't have to sign that. And uh, if you're gonna, if you're an employer and you're trying to get someone to sign a non compete, you better be prepared to pay them for that time and then some, uh, because you know if this person can't work for 12 months, uh, it's gonna you know can't compete for 12 months. There's a good chance that it's gonna you know their, their ability to get a job is gonna actually last a bit longer than that one year. So you better be prepared to pay them for somewhere in the 15, the 16, even 18-month range. So obviously we told them that that's not acceptable. Uh, the, the severance package we said was fine, but uh, and, and we did ask them to add a couple of those uh, those other forms of compensation. But uh, we insisted that they, that they remove the non-compete. So they were not agreeing to that. And uh, after some back and forth uh, and negotiations, we were, we were able to resolve that, and they did remove that non-compete entirely. Uh, and it, it only took actually about two weeks of negotiations. So it was very effective uh, in terms of uh, the way it went about, and uh, we didn't have to you know, sue them or anything like that. Uh, it was just a negotiation, and we explained the problem with the non-compete, how they were effectively limiting this person's ability to work, uh, their livelihood, and uh, they eventually uh, removed it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny you mention that because yeah, six months severance sounds great, but then if you go by this non-compete where they're basically cutting his knees off, he can't work anywhere in Ontario for and now he's going to be six months without pay. That's so, right, yeah, that at least work. six months, right? Right. And uh, because if you can't work anywhere within a year, it's not like you can get a job somewhere. You know, at the yeah, day three sixty six. Right. So <laughs> you know, you expect it to. It's going to last several more months. I mean, you're right. basically starting from the beginning at that twelve month mark. Uh, especially if there's provisions in there or details in the non-compete or, uh, that you can't, you know, contact competitors or, or, or you know, customers and whatnot, then you really you're starting from the beginning mm-hmm. at the at the year mark. So you really should have, you know, if the six month if six months is a reasonable notice period, it actually should be an 18 month severance package in exchange right. for a 12 month non-compete. But I'm sure that the employer didn't want to pay that person not to work. 
And, uh, you know, my, my client didn't want to sit around and just, you know, not compete uh, and be paid. They wanted to work. Yeah. They wanted to get back in the industry because it can be quite damaging for your career if you're out of work for, you know, a year, a year and a half, um, even if you are being paid. What else you got going on? Another one, uh, somewhat another unique situation where uh, I had a client with about 13 years of service, 52, and he had a lead hand role. Um, the severance package, you know, severance uh, period that he should get is probably somewhere in the 12 to 16 month range. And uh, what this company did, and it was a small company, they gave, they started by giving eight months working notice. Uh, so they said, you know, in eight months, your employment's going to terminate. He didn't have to sign anything. They just gave him that. It was, clear, it was a clear letter. Uh, there was no question about the, the termination date. So he works his eight, eight months. And then about a week before that, they tell him, you know, we're going to have to extend that. We're going to have to extend it by another four months. Okay. So now we're up to a, a year uh, that, you know, that they think they're giving, the employer thinks they're giving him of working notice. And uh, so the four months come and go, and actually he just continues to work past the four months. About two and a half months later, so now they've given him about 14 and a half months uh, yeah. worth of working notice, they believe, uh, they terminate his employment. And they say, okay, we've, given, we've now given you, you know, over, over 14 months uh, working notice, so we don't owe you anything else. Incorrect there. <laughs> this working notice was not effective. No. As an employer, you can't continue. You can't continue to extend the working notice period. The whole point of working notice is that there's certainty that you've been given a certain date in writing that your employment will terminate. And once you extend that, once you let the person continue working past that date, you're not going to get credit for that working notice. So in this case, this employer thought they had actually. You know, met their termination pay obligations because they weren't a severance pay employer, so they could give all of the uh, termination pay via working notice. Right. They thought they met that, and they didn't meet any of it. Wow. Yes. Big shock. It, it was. It was very yep. tough for them, right? So uh, it's tough for them to understand because they thought they were doing the right thing and they were doing it effectively, but unfortunately they weren't. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sales number. You want to call in tonight, get your questions answered. Jack, uh, first uh, call tonight. How are you, Jack? I'm I'm doing well. Uh, I have a, que- a question. Um, I'm semi-retired, and I took a job at a sporting goods store, and uh, I was always paid probably two dollars and fifty cents, three dollars an hour more than the uh, you know the hired staff, the sales mm-hmm. staff. And um, all of a sudden, the fourteen dollar minimum wage came in. Everybody's jo- wages jumped a few dollars an hour, and mine. I was pay- being paid $14.09, and now I'm still at $14.09 after excellent employee evaluations. Should that be prorated? Is that constructive dismissal on some level? Unfortunately, that wouldn't be. You don't have a right to a raise. Uh, other people around you can get a raise, and that obviously one of the problems that we're seeing with the, uh, with the minimum wage is that people that are at the minimum wage are getting raises, but people who are above it aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so unfortunately, there's no, you know, they don't have an obligation to give you a raise. Uh, how old are you, Jack? I'm 55. Okay. The only way, you know, I, I could see there being an issue here is if, you know, you could show that this had, you know, something to do with your age. Oh, uh, I see. So age the, discrimination. Right. So, you know, he's, they're giving raises to everyone else and, uh, you know, the younger people and that uh, they're, you know, they're not giving raises to you. Uh, but you'd have to tie that back to uh, some form of uh, discrimination. I, I do know that some of the other managers, uh, their wages were increased very incrementally, like in the order of 10 cents an hour uh, based on, you know, at the same timelines. They re-evaluated everyone's wages. Right. So is that, on some level, is there um, 
a group think there that they're trying to just gerrymander you out the door so they can bring in lower wage you know start start over for instance at the you know at the lower wages so that yeah that's possible and i mean in your situation the best thing to do is to bring it up with them uh, to raise the issue and, and ask them about it because uh, they may, they very well, uh, if, you know, I'm sure you're valuable to them and uh, if they want you to stay, uh, maybe they do uh, increase your uh, increase your hourly rate. Especially when your rate as an exceeds, you know, on every level and all of a sudden you don't see the incremental wage change. It was just a little bit disappointing. Yeah, that's Thanks right. And, and, and the, you know, in a salary increase like that or a wage increase, you know, you can negotiate that and just because you can't say it's a constructive dismissal not to get the raise doesn't mean you can't uh, you can't uh, negotiate that. So. Okay, thank you for your help. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate that. You need any help uh, moving forward, uh, it's a 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. That is the email. I want to get into the discussion of termination of employment. So, I mean, an example right there being Jack and being 55 and semi-retired. Is it more difficult to terminate for cause if an employee has worked for the company for a long time as opposed to a short service employee? Yeah, definitely it is. Uh, you know, first rule of thumb is terminating for cause if you're an employer is very difficult. It's a very high threshold. It's usually reserved for the most serious type of misconduct, um, you know, fraud, theft, violence, uh, you know, repeated harassment, um, and, uh, you know, for very serious incidents of misconduct. The other way to do it is if there's, you know, less serious misconduct, but you've warned the person, um, you know, many times you've, you know, there's been written warnings, previous discipline, you've made it, you know, very clear what the standards are, what they have to do to improve, you've, you know, provided assistance in terms of how to improve, and they haven't done it. If you have a long service employee, uh, that's just going to be even more pronounced, that difficulty to, uh, to establish cause. And uh, one of the issues there is, you know, when I see long service employees get terminated for cause, usually there's a long period of time where they haven't been, there's no discipline. And then all of a sudden, in the last year or two, I don't know whether what it is, maybe there's a new manager, maybe there's new ownership, I, I don't know what happens, but all of a sudden they start getting discipline. Yeah. Right? And it's, even if you do have that progressive discipline with a long service employee, it's just not going to be believable that all of a sudden after 30 years, and you know, in year 31, this person all of a sudden became the worst employee and you had no ability to, you know, to keep them. So it is very difficult to terminate a long-service employee uh, for cause, no doubt about it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell is the number to call through, or one 225 talk That number is toll-free. So, you know, what if someone who's only worked for, say, I don't know, a few months, uh, does that mean they may get, you know, a week or two of severance? Yeah, that's a uh, very common misconception that we get. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and a lot of the time it's the employees themselves that th- that say, "Oh, I've only been there for you know eight months. I I don't think I'm. Uh, you know, I think the severance calculator is wrong, um, something like that." Because they're surprised that they actually have you know uh, a reasonable entitlements uh, at the law, and there's no uh, no rule of thumb in terms of uh, you know week per year of service or a month per year of service. No. Um, so that's I think where the the short service uh, you know issue comes up is people say, well, I've only been there for six months and it's uh, you know, a week per year of service or two weeks per year of service, so I don't even have a year of service, so you know, I should basically get nothing. Right. And that's absolutely not true. Um, you know, short service people can still get uh, you know, a reasonable severance package. They're still entitled to reasonable notice determination. And uh, the, the reality is that even if you have only a couple months of service, it's still going to take you a while to get a new job. It's not like just because you've uh, you know you've only worked somewhere for a couple months that you're going to turn around and get a job in a week. Uh, it's still going to be tough to get a job, and uh, you know short service people with uh, especially with senior positions who are in their 
you know, 50s or 60s, they can get, you know, a, a, you know, six months, 12 months even. Um, yeah, disproportionately uh, larger severance, I guess, is what you That's call right. It, right? Yeah. And obviously those are, you know, outliers, but there are cases where people with a year, year and a half worth of service uh, who are in their 50s, senior positions, get 12 months worth of severance pay. Wow. And uh, like I said, those aren't, uh, you know, it's not, it's not guaranteed. It's not the, you know, the most likely result, but it has happened. And, uh, you know, people with, uh, you know, a couple, couple years of service, uh, if, if you're in your 50s or 60s and you have a senior position, uh, it can easily be in uh, six months severance pay. Got a couple minutes to go here before we uh, take a short one. Lawrence, uh, you're on the air. How are you, Lawrence? Not too bad. Yourself, John? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's your concern tonight? Well, I've got, uh, it's a construction company. And the owner is kind of retiring, and there's nobody to take over the business. And we've all kind of know that when the projects we've got going are done, that that's probably the end of the employment with them. And I know there's some unique rules in around construction in terms of, like, I can't think of the, well, I guess what like employment standards or something. And I don't know what. Uh, we might be entitled to. Like, I'm probably mm-hmm. just going to turn myself into an independent, continuing to do what we do. Um, but I'm just wondering if there's anything that we might be entitled to. Yeah, it's a great, uh, great question, Lawrence, and a uh, tough situation not to be in when a company is basically winding down. Uh, the first point you make is about the uh, rules, the Employment Standards Act. For it doesn't, uh, in terms of severance and termination pay, doesn't apply to construction employees, and that's absolutely true. There's no minimum uh, ESA entitlements for construction employees, but that doesn't mean you're, you, you know, you're not entitled to common law termination pay, and that's based on the same factors that anyone else, uh, you know, any we use to determine anyone else's severance entitlements, age, years of service, position. Um, so, how long have you been there, Lawrence? Uh, I've been there about nine years. And how old are you? I'm coming up on 54. 54. And what was your role there? Um, work, we kind of work independently. What we do is uh, we do spray insulation and waterproofing. Okay. So sometimes we're by ourselves. Sometimes we're larger crews. I'd probably run the crew if there was more than one of us. Got it. So someone in your position would probably get somewhere around 9 to 12 months severance pay. Um, and those would be the entitlements. Now, uh, a couple things there. First of all, any income you earn during that time period is going to be deducted from what they owe you. So if you can, if you turn around and get another job, um, you know that's going to limit the amount of severance you get. Uh, that's the first thing to consider. Second, if this company is winding down and if they don't have any money, then you're not going to get severance pay. You may be entitled to severance pay, but that doesn't mean they're going to have money to give you. Now, what's happening here sounds like it's more he's closing the business, so it doesn't sound like he's bankrupt. Uh, so, if he still has, if the company still has, you know, assets and money, you would still get those, you know, that severance pay. Um, has have they given you a an exact termination date? No, because we have some long term projects. Yeah, where we're like new housing developments that we know that based on the schedules, they'll be, you know, I think like the one I'm currently, my major job right now, um, we're all, and we've always been on and off based on the requirements. Like, you know, I'll probably work, um, you know, three, three and a half weeks out of a month. Okay. On average, just based on some weather and things like that. Right. But I, I'm probably good out to the end of 2020. Oh, wow. You know, okay. like, like like he just knows that he's kind of said that you know there's no kids in the family and right. stuff like that. Like there's always still an opportunity 
you know, like if I could convince the wife, you know, go borrow some money, you know, maybe buy it, take it over. But there's really nothing to do. But he's the guy who does all the, the sales and stuff like that. So if he's gone, you know, there's nobody really to fulfill that role. Right. Kind of thing. So it, it's not a sense of it's over. Like it's just, you know, the guy that's generating the business for us as a group is gone. Yeah. If you ha- if you, if you think you're going to be employed that long, I mean, there's not a lot you can do right now. Um, if, if you still think he has a job for you into 2020, um, really not a lot you can do now. Um, now, are you are you treated as a, an employee or a contractor? Are you, are you paid? Uh, are you- um, I'm, I'm paid as an employee. Okay, so yeah, uh, there's no issue there. Yeah. We went through that. We used to be independent contractors, but then some of the rules changed, and we all became employees. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, there's really nothing to do um, in the sense that uh, you haven't been given notice of termination. Uh, there's no, you know, he's not shutting the business down in the, you know, at this point. So, uh, you know, you, you continue to uh, continue to work and uh, you, you do have, uh, you know, rights in terms of uh, t- severance pay. Um, so well, once the time comes, you can deal with that. Lawrence, just yeah. In the future, uh, by the way, keep this number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour dot com. Sounds like you're pretty good for a little while, but just in case, keep those numbers. And you always know how to contact us anyway. Lots more of the employment hour coming up. More of your calls as well. We'll take a short break right here. On Global News Radio and back at it four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. Got till around ten to eight to get your phone calls in, your questions. Dave's here to answer them all. In that regard, it is help at employmenthour dot com. And if you want to find out any time what your several offer should be the correct amount severancepaycalculator.com and of course Saturdays at 10 a.m. you'll catch employment hour and 30 on global TV as well we were talking about termination of employment Dave next point in on that one is does the employer have to pay severance all at once like a lump sum or can they break it up into installments or yeah great question and this obviously uh, relates to uh, the week that was uh, issue yep. that uh, we had um, that uh, So no, the, the quick answer is no. Uh, an employer doesn't have to pay severance all at once uh, or as a lump sum. Uh, there's a number of different ways they, an employer can fulfill their, sev- their common law severance entitlement. Uh, the one is by working notice of termination. Uh, the other is by a lump sum. Um, the other one is by just installments or salary continuation. Right. And uh, the person doesn't have to work or uh, a combination of them. And uh, sometimes that's the best way to go even for smaller employers. So... Uh, you can give, you know, a working notice so you get some value for the uh, for the severance pay, and then uh, if the person stays on, uh, you can offer them something uh, at the end. Now, for bigger employers, for employers with uh, a payroll of 2.5 million annually uh, or more, and uh, who have employees with five plus years of service, uh, they owe statutory severance pay under the Employment Standards Act, and statutory severance pay does have to be paid. Uh, as a lump sum and cannot be given by way of working notice. So you cannot right, right. make an employee work out their sta- their statutory severance period. And in fact, they, they can't agree to do that. Uh, they can't uh, say, yeah, okay, I'm willing to do that. They have to uh, actually be paid that. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star 640 on your cell, 1-888-225-TALK. That is toll free. Uh, hey, Ian, good evening. How you doing today? Good, sir. What's going on with you? I uh, just got a quick question. Um, with the new laws that have been passed uh, starting this year with the uh, personal emergency leaves, uh, can the employer ask uh, for a reason, or do you just simply have to give, uh, say that it's a personal emergency leave, um, in order to be paid? And so do you, is this a specific situation that you're dealing with? 
Um, not specific, just general question. Yeah, you do have to provide some type of a, a reason. You can't just declare a, it's a personal emergency. So are you, uh, an, are you an employer or an employee dealing with this? Employee. Okay. And has this actually happened? Um, we just got recent notification with regards to it. Okay, uh, of the actual emergency, and you're trying to take it now? To leave? Right. <clears throat> so essentially what's happened is they said instead of you have to... Uh, you have to declare whether it's a uh, book off sick or if it's a personal emergency. And if it is a personal emergency, you have to declare what the personal emergency is. Yeah, that would be the employer would be able to do that, even if it's personal. Yes. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for your help. Yeah, my pleasure. Ian, appreciate that call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Next up, got uh, Janice. Hi, Janice. Good evening. Hi. Good evening, guys. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's your concern? Um, I want to know if there's a time limit that you can go after a company for severance pay. Awesome. Good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. It's two years is the uh, the limitation period, Janice. Oh, scary. Why, when, <laughs> Why when, is this you? <laughs> it's me. When will you let go? Where are you? Like, how far um, along are you? Uh, probably a year and a half. Okay. okay. You're okay. You're still in the yeah. water. Do you, do you remember the, the approximate month and year? Um... Oh, no, it's maybe past my time limit. It was August of 2015. Yeah, I think I'm screwed. Oh, what uh, What were you like given? What was the, the offer? Okay, this was the problem. I got injured at work. Yeah. I had to go off sick. I had no sick pay, so I had to go on unemployment insurance. Right. And when did that and happen? Then, when, did you get, when did you get injured? When did you go on leave? I my last day of work was in January of 2014. I was a driver. Okay. And I couldn't walk, and I needed uh, prescription drugs, and you can't drive when you're taking drugs. So I had no choice but to go off work. So when I went off, I had no sick pay, so I had to go on EI, and then I ended up on welfare and blah 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 blah, while fighting WSIB, of course. And um, my company sent me a letter saying we're moving out of Hamilton. You no longer have a job, and catch you later. Okay. So after being in the hospital and having surgery, and I'm still fighting to get paid because I haven't been paid since that day. Um, and they didn't offer you any severance pay or pay anything? No, no. They didn't even send me a record of employment. Okay. They're and in Toronto, and they're a big company. How long, did you, how long did you work there? Five years. But I was injured at work, so I was off on WSIB, well, on welfare, basically. Yeah. And um, they told me I had to continue. I couldn't get a lawyer because I was unionized, and I had to continue paying my union dues if I if they wanted to take my case. And I couldn't afford the union dues because I was on welfare. So my union steward at the time said to me, don't worry about it. I'll cover your union dues because that's what a great guy he was. Yeah. And they'll look after you. And after a year, they sent me a letter and said, you're no longer an employee calculator. And the union didn't uh, didn't assist you at all there? No. Okay. No, I paid union dues. Well, he paid the union dues for me for over a year. They never did anything for me legally. Yeah, you would have had to, uh, unfortunately, you would have had to go through the union and, and grieve that. Now, um, because there's a, a union, there's the, the two-year limitation period may not apply. Okay. Uh, so you should. What you should do is contact the union as soon as you can, and mm-hmm. determine wh- how they can help you. Uh, I'd be surprised if they can just let you go like that. 
uh, terminate your employment um, you know, without paying you severance pay if you're unionized. So I, I would certainly contact your union. But there's well, nothing you can do, Dave. No, not a year. No, no, there's nothing we can do. But, uh, but at the time you were let go, you you were part of the union, right? Yeah, but yeah, I, so. I paid over. They paid for my union dues for over a year, and they kept saying you have to call and you have to make sure they're paid. And they didn't do anything for me for a whole year. Nothing. Right. So yeah, there's nothing we can do for you. You'd have to go through the union. But I, I would call them because uh, I'm a little surprised that they 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 wouldn't uh, you know deal with that and get you uh, some type of a severance package. No, you know what? They'd surprise you. I might well, call them privately. <laughs> yeah, it's probably worth calling them and uh, and just seeing uh, what the situation and, I'll is. I'll call them and find out, but thank you very much for the information. Yep. Thank you, Janice. And that's just that's just not you being able to help Janice. That's anybody who's a unionized employee. They can't seek outside uh, you know, help from a lawyer. They have to go within the confines of the CBA, right? They do, yeah. They have to have the union uh, assist them. So that, that's a surprising situation. But, uh, you know, we do hear about those, uh, those types of situations, even with unionized employees, right? 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number. So termination of employment, that's been our uh, general chat this evening as we uh, go to around 10 to 8 tonight. Lots of time for you to call in. Uh, if there is cause uh, when it comes to termination, does the employer still need to pay severance or is there a case when they have to? They they don't have to pay severance if they have just cause to terminate the employment relationship. Uh, now, it's possible that they may have cause to terminate the employment but not uh, not be able to establish willful misconduct or willful neglect of duty under the Employment Standards Act. And in that case, believe it or not, uh, they, they may not have to pay common law severance pay, but they would still have to pay uh, minimum uh, Employment Standards Act um, payments, uh, such as termination pay and severance pay. So there are the, the odd case, and it's quite rare, where there's cause, but it's not willful misconduct. And uh, that could arise in in a, in a performance situation. Uh, so the, you know the performance uh, is just is very bad. It's well documented. They've tried to assist the person, but the, the the employee's performance just doesn't improve. And it's nothing willful. It's nothing the employee's trying to do. It's not. He just sucks at his job and he can't He's do it. Bad right? at his job. Yeah, gotcha. And that that would be the, a type of situation where it could be cause, um, but uh, not willful misconduct. So the employer wouldn't have to pay the full common law severance, but would still have to abide by the Employment Standards Act minimums. So what do you do if the employer says it has terminated uh, your employment for cause? What's the first thing you do? Yeah, obviously that's a very tough situation to be yeah. to be put in, uh, and I think the you know the knee jerk reaction is to is to say something or uh, maybe tell them how you feel. Um, sometimes we talk about people who say you know well you can't fire me because I'm going to quit. Uh, right. First, don't do that. Uh, no. Just li- listen to what they have to say. You know, I'm sure they're going to have a termination letter. Take that and uh, and then give us a call, and we can uh, you know we can go over your options with you in terms of how to deal with them. Um, that uh, that scenario I just brought up the the resignation one. Uh, I've actually had that happen a couple times, both ways. Uh, so I've had a situation. I, I've dealt with a employee where he basically was going in to quit. He told right. the employer he's going to quit, and the employer said, "You can't quit." I'm firing you for cause. That was dumb on the employer. Yeah, exactly. So all of a sudden, it goes from a situation where the employee has you know resigned and isn't entitled to anything to he's been terminated and is owed severance pay. And <laughs> you know that's obviously uh, you know the employer thought they were uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know it's, it's out of out of spite or something. Yeah, but it's not a chess match here, chief. It's your bottom line. You might yeah, want to think twice about that. So if you're an employer and the employee comes in and and wants to quit, that's great. 
Uh, you, you know, if you want them gone, you let them quit. And then Just vice, button your lip. Right. And vice versa, I've seen it happen too. So, uh, and again, if the employer is going to fire you, uh, do not resign. Don't say, well, I'm quitting anyways. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, um, that'll probably be resolved in the employee's favor because um, the termination happened first. But uh, you don't right. want to give any uh, any doubt there. Yeah, just swallow your pride and suck it up and then go to the severance pay calculator immediately following. That's right. Um, so they've pulled the plug on you. What happens if they threaten to terminate the employer? Does that make a difference to what you should do? Yeah, and I guess that's a similar similar type of situation or at least yeah. uh, relates to that where I, I have uh, – and I do see that quite often. And, again, it is a lot of the time with smaller companies who may not have a human resource uh, department or uh, understand the, uh, the, you know, the legal ramifications of a termination. But – We'll have situations where the employer says, "You, know, I'm really, really not happy with you, or you, you really screwed this up, and um, you know I'm going to terminate your employment for cause uh, unless you resign." Um, and then the employee okay. sometimes will say, "Oh, fine, I'll, I'll resign." Um, that's a termination, right? Um, so uh, that that's a situation that comes up uh, more often than you'd think. Um, if the employer just flat out threatens to terminate your employment for cause. Uh, and you're the employee, you know, just ask them why, uh, try to stay calm and let them make the next move. Because again, the last thing you want to do is quit or give them a reason to terminate you for cause. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell one triple eight two two five talks So termination of impact, how does that cause a person's future employment? How, like, what can that do to them? I mean, uh, what do you tell a prospective employer why you were let go? Yeah, that's obviously an issue that comes up a lot because, uh, you know, employees are, are worried that uh, you know, it goes on their record and, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to get a job again. Uh, and the first question I always get is, you know, my the record of employment says I've been terminated for cause. I can tell you that the, your prospective employers are not going to see your record of employment. They don't get to see it. So you don't have to worry about that aspect of it. Uh, it can impact your, your your EI, but Service Canada will look into that and give you a chance to give your side of the story. And they're, they're not they don't easily prevent you from getting EI. So that's the one. That's the record of employment issue. Obviously, the second one and one that probably is more important is yeah. What how does it impact your future employment? And obviously, it can be difficult to explain that, uh, especially if you've been somewhere for for quite some time for several yeah. uh, you know several years, and you're terminated for cause and you don't have a reference. And, uh, yeah, that can be a huge, uh, that can really impact your ability to find a new job. Um, first of all, that can actually extend notice period. We always talk about, obviously, age, years of service, and position yep. in terms of, um, you know, determining the notice period. But we always, we always mention, uh, you know, other factors that can impact uh, the severance period, such as, you know, a workplace injury or, uh, you know, a, a very unique type of uh, job or an industry. Now, this is another one, uh, false allegations of cause failure to give a reference by an employer can actually increase the severance package or severance period that someone uh, that employee is owed um so that's that's the way it can uh, that's one of the you know effects of it Uh, if you're an employer uh what it does is uh maybe it makes you think twice about alleging cause and refusing to give a you know a reference or at least a neutral confirmation of employment letter uh, because that can be used against you uh, in terms of respective employers, um, it is it, it is tough because you need you don't want to lie you you want to be truthful and um, and I, I think you just tell your side of the story. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. Still got a few minutes to call in. Get a last minute call in here if you want to uh, do so. We're here till about ten to eight tonight. Uh, there's also the flip side. It's the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. For instance, uh, when an employee either asks about disability leave or comes back from a disability leave. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, that's one we uh, you know see all the time where uh, yeah. an employee's been on on leave and uh, maybe they have a repl- they've found a replacement that they they like better, or maybe the uh, the employers um, thinks the person's you know just going to keep going on disability leave or won't be reliable when they get back. Um, so the employee you know says, okay, I'm ready to come back to work. Submits the doctor's note, and uh, the employer uh, either ha- gives them a hard time about it and uh, says, oh, I need more information than this, uh, even mm. though they don't. Uh, or, or genuinely says, you know, look, we don't really have a job for you anymore. Uh, your replacement worked out well. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're going to let you go. Terrible time uh, for an employer to terminate the employment relationship. Um, you know, you're definitely exposing yourself to human rights code violations there and damages in that regard. Wow. And, uh, so, and, and those can be significant. And, um, again, that can, uh, you know, the person's going to get definitely get severance pay, and it could be um, quite a bit more than under normal circumstances because, like we were just talking about, someone who has uh, who's just come back from disability, it's going to be more difficult for them to find a new job. They're, they've been out of the workforce. Um, you know, they've uh, pot- potentially used up their EI, and it's going to be hard. Uh, it's going to take a while for them to get a new job, and in those cases, uh, or in many of the cases, the individual has, um, you know, accommod- they need accommodations or modified duties. That's going to limit the types of jobs they can do and the, the employers that can hire them. So uh, it's, it could really extend the, uh, the, the amount of severance they're owed, and you could be, uh, expose yourself to human rights damages if you're an employer. We'll file this one under the uh, most obvious uh, file in the Employment Law Show. That is uh, when an employee announces a pregnancy or comes back from a mat leave. That's a big no-no, too. Yeah, that is. And uh, obviously there's an obligation to uh, under the ESA and human rights uh, mm-hmm. legislation to return the employee to their previous position or to a comparable position. And again, it, it seems to come up um, where they've hired replacement and they, they, they like that person. And so they, and they want to keep that person on. They say, well, you know, it's not fair to them to get rid of, the, you know, to let them go. So we're going to try to move you to a new job. And uh, that, that's the, you know, the worst time for an employer, as you've pointed yeah. out, to terminate the employment relationship. Um, you need to return the employee back to their job or, or to a comparable job. And it's not okay to say, oh, well, we have someone else in your position, so you're going to have to move on. And oh, here's a severance package. Again, it's going to take them. They've just they've been out of the workforce. Uh, they, they've they used their EI in most cases, yeah. and it's going to be very difficult for them to get back into the workforce. And uh, so, and you know, it's a, it's a difficult time. They're in a vulnerable position. Um, it's statutorily protected, the leave, and uh, you're going to be, uh, you're going to owe them human rights damages and significantly more severance pay than you would have otherwise owed them. The worst times for an employer to terminate employment when an employee raises harassment allegations against a boss or even a coworker, for that matter. Yeah, this is obviously uh, in the last several months. Uh, yeah, you know, this type. Yeah, this has uh, been uh, all over the the news. Uh, the the harassment, and uh, you know, we we've I can tell you that we've seen a lot more um, you know issues or, or cases involving harassment. And uh, you know, one of the worst things an employer can do is to say, you know, to you know, to hear the harassment allegations and then say you know what, we've looked into this, we don't really think there's much merit to it, and, you know, we think it's probably best for you to move on. And uh, that happens, and huh. uh, that's the absolute worst approach you can make, uh, especially if, if the harassment allegations are made against their, the boss or management or, or right. supervisor. Um, in these types of cases, you need to do a thorough, uh, and in most cases, especially if it's against a boss um, or a, uh, a manager, uh, an independent investigation and find out what happened 
and address the uh, the harassment and uh, ensure that uh, you know it's a safe workplace and uh, you know people aren't subject to harassment uh, when they when they go to work. Let's see if we can slide a call in or two before we wrap for the night. Alex, good evening. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's your concern? I just have a question. Um, let me give you a scenario. If I was, like, I've been with a company for eight, nine years at a company A, uh, and if I got, a, I got a job at a company B, and I didn't quit my first job, and I kept both jobs, and uh, the odd times I double, I'd be working the same at the same time on both jobs. Uh, my employer A found out that I was working at a second job while on on time, like being on time with company A. And then, of course, I had to, they forced me into resignation. Um, uh, could I have been, obviously, I had to get fired. I was going to get fired regardless. Right. Or, or should I just quit? Or how do I play this? So has this happened yet, Alex? Have you resigned? Yeah, unfortunately, my hands were tied and I had to resign. Yeah. When? When did this happen? Um, about uh, a year ago. Okay. And uh, so how did this this unfold so you they find out about the other job they say if you don't if you're going to keep this other job we're going to fire you or you have to resign pretty much yeah they okay. say, well you'll have to quit right away uh, you'll have, to, you'll have okay. to quit right away so we've talked about this on the show many times as well uh a forced resignation when the employer tells you you must resign is a termination no that's not a voluntary resignation. So, um, you know, unless, you know, there, there's something else going on here, that is a termination, Alex, and you should get severance pay. And so you were with this company for eight or nine years? Correct. Okay. And uh, so that means, you know, how old are you? Uh, I'm about 40. Okay. So you could, you know, check out the severance pay calculator, but your severance entitlements are probably right around uh, eight or nine months. Uh, worth of severance pay, and you should get those because what happened from what you've told me is a termination, not a resignation. All right, yeah, because I, I ended up resigning because I didn't want to jeopardize my second job or my new job at the time. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, I'd like I'd love to review the correspondence or any emails that have been uh, back and you know sent back and forth. But um, what what you've described sounds like a termination and not a resignation, so you should get severance. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So I'll uh, definitely look into it. I think I, cause I, cause I ended up resigning because I didn't want yep. to jeopardize another job. Give us a call tomorrow, yeah. Alex. Visit the severance pay calculator and give us a call. Good call to wrap it on for tonight, Davey. And uh, we'll take it from there. The number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior, Dave, another member of that uh, awesome team. It is help at employmenthour.com. And as Dave mentioned several times and used it a couple times in his own head, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly what that severance offer should be. Employment Hour and 30 happens Saturdays at 10 a.m. on Global TV and this show again on the weekend as well. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here at Global News Radio.